Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello! Hello! You're listening to week 45 of Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. And as the pandemic begins to slow and the cinemas reopen, (laughs) we have attempted to go out of our way to see almost all the films in the cinema, even the bad ones, so you don't have to. My name simply hasn't changed. I'm still Craig Fields. And I'm still David Long. And coming up on this week's show... Christopher Nolan returns with his 10th movie, Tenet, starring John David Washington, Robert Patterson, Elizabeth Debicki, Kenneth Branagh, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Michael Caine, Clements Posey, Himish Patel, Andrew Howard, to name but a few of the top build cast members. Derek Bort directs Russell... Uh, Russell? <laughs> Derek Bort directs Russell Crowe as a severely unhinged man in, well, unhinged. <laughs> a bit like you. <laughs> <laughs> Alice Winnico directs the wonderful Eva Green in Proxima. And finally, we'll be reviewing Seth Rogen's new movie, An American Pickle. That's today's lineup of films uh, on today's show. Uh, we'll also be presenting a box office rundown like no other. <sighs> yes. Isn't it crazy to be back, Craig? The first main show since March. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, the last show was on the 4th of March, and since then we've actually recorded 29 episodes, three specials, five topical talk episodes, four mental health awareness week episodes, and 17 cinema at home episodes, two yet to be released. My mind was absolute. I mean, I can't do. Oh, 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 29. I was about to say I can't do maths. <laughs> I've already I, said it. But you've already added them up. I did. 29 episodes. If you haven't listened to them, they're not going anywhere. Go back and check them out. Please check out the special check out topical talk but particularly the four mental health awareness week episodes myself craig ian and herbie all open up about mental health we try and relate it back to film but mental health is something very dear to my heart and my good friend craig as well and it was i was so empowering to for both of us to talk i absolutely adored your episode um Man, likewise and uh, really really fantastic also ranjit will be joining us for oh the button that's not the button. <laughs> wait, 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 let's do it again. Go on. Ranjit will be joining us for news. Yes, that's <laughs> right. We will be delivering the latest news again. As you can tell, me and Craig are a little bit rusty. Yeah, sorry, my button pressing skills <laughs> haven't improved There's since. So many buttons. I know. Though. Six months, uh, not in the hot seat, not being able to press all of the buttons because. Recording remotely was very difficult, but I did press some buttons. Wasn't but it crazy? Not as many so, as this. Um, all, but almost all of those episodes we outlined earlier were recorded uh, remotely. Craig, how are you though? 
I'm very well. I I say I'm very well. I'm very busy. Um, yes, lots, yes. Lots of things going on. Um, but I am, I'm great. I'm very happy at the minute though. And I, I, I'm very pleased to announce that I have received, uh, from Charis's father, Andy, he, he gave me his bike. Wow. I know. And what, what a thing to give somebody. It's wonderful. Yeah. And I, during, um, uh, as I spoke about in one of our episodes on Cinema at Home, it may have gone out where I talked about it. I can't quite remember if it's not out yet. It will you will hear about it. Uh, I went away on holiday to Lyme Regis and Charis and I took a wonderful bike ride uh, from Exeter down to Dawlish and that sort of reinvigorated my passion for yeah. bike riding. I mean, I never really had a passion for bike riding, <laughs> um, but I did do a 30 mile round trip on a bike yeah. and I was quite impressed. So I really, really wanted a bike. But Reignited the passion that I never had. Exactly. I love it. Uh, alas, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't really afford a bike, um, although I've been working hard. Um, and Charis's dad gave me his bike. Yeah. So, um, and he actually, he, he, he made us a bike rack as well. He welded it and, and, and everything wow. and it's brilliant and I can't wait to get on it. Really can't. Yeah. Fantastic. David, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I wanted to, the first, I wanted to thank two, well, people or groups of people. Firstly, I wanted to thank the listener for listening to our podcast over lockdown for the engagement we've had with them. You, the listener, make it worth doing what we're doing. And secondly, I just wanted to thank Craig for all of his hard work that he does. Me? Yes, for oh, all of thanks. the hard work you do on this podcast. You are incredibly busy and the effort and commitment you show to this podcast is inspiring. Podcast? Podcast. Podcast. Uh, it is inspiring and I just wanted to thank you on air and also I wanted to give a special shout out to John my cousin John uh, his wonderful wife Jenny um, they've just had the birth of their first child a beautiful baby daughter called Amy um, so congratulations Aww, congratulations John, Jenny and welcome Amy um, a very special hello from your crazy uncle Bilo <laughs> <laughs> Um, if we're going to do shout outs to people who are like having babies and pregnant and whatnot, yeah. Paul. Yes. Paul Newbegin. Yes. Amelia Newbegin. Yes. A big Paul. We love you. We love, we love the past podcast and yeah, congratulations. Congratulations on being pregnant. And jubilations. Did you know once upon a time, uh, a friend of mine was pregnant and I was invited to a baby shower and I thought, I need to get a card. And I went, I went to the shop <laughs> oh, yeah. and I bought a well done card from Paper Chase. It just simply said on the front, well, well done. done. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, brilliant. Oh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. And shall we kick the show off, Craig, in the usual way? I, I mean, I've forgotten how the What is sh- it? What's the normal way? I, well, I've forgotten, oh, wait. but I believe I it is the box office rundown. This is the Box Office Rundown, brought to you by Is It Worth It, the film review podcast. Yes, that's right, it is. In fact, the Box Office Rundown. Uh, This is for last weekend's takings, um, and uh, we're going to start off at number 10, and it is, in fact, Baby Teeth. Uh, This has been on release for two weeks, and unfortunately, we we haven't seen it. It won't be featured um, on this show today by David and I, but... 
Toby, lovely Toby, who uh, does a lot of our graphic design stuff for the podcast, has written a review for it, which I'm going to read now. And Toby says, Baby Teeth is an Australian coming-of-age film directed by Shannon Murphy, and it depicts the story of Miller, a gravely ill teenager who falls in love with a drug addict, Moses. It is based on a stage play by Rita Callinger. I can't say her last name. Can you say it? Kalenjas. Thank you very much. And it stars Aliza Scanlon, uh, Toby Wallace, Essie Davis, and Ben Mendelsohn. I thoroughly enjoyed this emotional roller coaster. It impressed me with its spontaneous and raw structure. The film explores themes of life and death, empathy and acceptance. As the story focuses mainly on Miller, who is diagnosed with cancer, we're also shown points of view of her parents and Moses, and the impact Miller's illness has not only on herself, but on the people surrounding her. Another highlight story-wise were the parents and how they were portrayed as dysfunctional and flawed. A key scene in the film is when Moses tells Miller's father that the world is not so big and weird when life is driven by functionality. It creates an interesting contrast between youth and adulthood and also a contrast between them and Moses, them being dysfunctional by embracing social functionality and him by denying it. What really impressed me the most were the performances and the chemistry between the actors. Eliza Eliza Scanlon, uh, who plays Miller and was also in Greta Gerwig's Little Women, is on her way to becoming one of the most powerhouse actresses. There is a great chemistry between the mother, brilliantly portrayed by Essie Davis, and the father, played by Ben Mendelsohn. The performance that really stood out for me, though, was Toby Wallace's, uh, who plays Moses. He managed to flawlessly embody his character physically and emotionally. It was one of those performances where the actor just completely loses himself in the character. Did I say character? The actor just completely loses himself in the character and makes you feel like you're watching a real person on the cinema screen. I believe Toby Wallace might have a great acting career ahead of him. I thoroughly recommend this film if you enjoy watching independent dramas. It's not a crowd pleaser, nor a good time film, but character driven to the bone. Its novelistic complexity and emphasis on human imperfection makes it worth the time. I do believe Toby is recommending this and saying <laughs> it is worth it. Um, also, wow. yeah, wow, Toby, thank you so much for that review. Um, we're in, yeah, just a brilliant review. Um, wonderful to sit here and listen to you read that, Craig. And obviously, a reminder to our wonderful listeners: if you see a film and you want to uh, give us a review, write us a review, and we'll happily read it out on the show like that one we did there. Indeed, and we'll give you all the details on how to do that later on in the show. David, what's in at number nine? So number nine, we have the Karate Kid. Um, one week on release. Um, I don't know why, because it's been out for many a year. Yeah, it's been out for many, many a year, but maybe it's a remastered version. I'm not sure, but this is the original. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> um, brilliant film. If you've never seen The Karate Kid and you, you're looking for a reason to get back to the cinema, uh, go and see it. Um, that comes in at number nine in the box office. This is the maddest box office ever. Uh, Craig, what's in at number eight? Uh, it's Dream Builders. It's been on release for six weeks. It took 33000 261 uh, pounds at the weekend. Its total UK box office from the twenty up to the twenty fourth of August, shall I say, is two hundred and forty six thousand five hundred and thirty eight. Um, I don't know what this film is. Uh, I haven't seen it. It could be a brand new one. It's not an old one, is it? 
We're gonna make no, ourselves sound really very bad. bad. Here. Yeah, we should do um, research here. We, we, we've. Uh, this is a long <laughs> show. It is. And uh, moving on, number, number seven. seven is Jurassic Park. This has been on release for 466 weeks. Um, the weekend <laughs> total of... It's taken £67,000, £626 at the weekend. Total UK box office of 257322 Obviously directed by one of the great uh, Steven Spielberg. I would... No, I just wanted to question some of those figures, though. That total UK box office to the 24th of August being 257,322. Yeah. Now, is that just for this re-release version? Because if it's been on release for 466 weeks, that's not a lot of money. No, it'll be just for the re-release. It'll just be for the re-release. Yeah, that yeah, makes absolutely. perfect sense. Yeah. Can you imagine? That's all it took. No, yeah, Spielberg yeah. <laughs> No, this would have taken millions and millions and millions. Look, if you've never seen Jurassic Park and you're thinking about should I or shouldn't I go back to the cinema, go and see Jurassic Park in the cinema. I've never seen it on the big screen, but wow, would I love to. That iconic scene with the rumbling and the shaking of the water, I imagine that's sensational in, in the cinema. Jurassic Park in at number seven. In at number six, we have Trolls World Tour. Now, this was actually released um, online first during the pandemic. Crazy. Um, it's been all over the place. It has. It was a, like you, you paid a certain amount of money. It was quite a high price, but you're renting it. You don't keep it. It's kind of like going to the cinema, but at home. Mm. Um, it, it didn't break the bank like you uh, would when you go to the cinema, but you don't get the same experience. Of course not. Um, so and, trolls, and, it, and it caused chaos, didn't it? I it can't did. remember what happened, but the trolls in, incited anarchy. Um, in the film? No, in 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 the in there was there was, I mean this is going back a while now. There was a lot of controversy about Trolls World Tour and how it was released. Well, yes, yeah, so, I mean it's because well because of the way cinemas operate. Um, it was supposed to be going to the cinema and then going to digital download. Yeah. Such a qu- like a quick turnaround, but then they didn't release it in the cinema and they just released it on 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 like digital download. So that's like iTunes Store and uh, Amazon Store and and. Prime and etc., where you pay like Disney Plus are doing with Mulan, twenty eight pounds or whatever it is, and yeah. you you watch it, whether or not you keep it and watch it over and over again is another question. But I think it's basically a rental. Yeah, um, and we'll talk. I think we'll talk yeah. about Mulan on on a on a later show. Yeah, uh, we yeah. Won't well, dive into that now. Well, obviously, but I mean, it's a similar sort of concept, similar similar kind of scandal, um, and uh, yeah, hashtag. Uh, support cinema (laughs) yeah absolutely and in at number five we have pinocchio um this is not a uh re-release of the disney pinocchio oh this is new this is a new pinocchio it's been released for two weeks it took ninety nine thousand pounds at the weekend uh total uk box office up to the 24th of august of three hundred twenty four thousand. uh we have not seen this film and like we said we're very very busy we're trying to go out of our way to see all of the films even the bad ones. Almost all of the films. Almost all of the films. So we haven't seen this film. We're not going to see this film. If you have seen Pinocchio, please drop us a tweet, drop us an email. We'll happily read it out on the show. Uh, Craig, what have we got at number four? 100% Wolf. Uh, this, again, is another brand new film that we haven't seen. And yeah. uh, it, basically, we shout out to you guys. If you've seen 100% Wolf in the cinema, let us know. Tell us what you think of it. Your review could be read out on this very show. Uh, and people who listen will love to hear what you think about Absolutely. 100% Wolf. 
Um, in at number three is Inception, the 10th anniversary. That has been out uh, for two weeks, obviously produced by Warner Brothers. Um, a weekend total of £117,415. Uh, a total box office. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I just like, of, of course it's produced by Warner Brothers, but of course it's directed by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah, of course, yes. Christopher Nolan. Um, uh, a total UK box office to the 24th of August of 432 thousand pounds i went to see inception in imax me too so did craig we didn't go together obviously adhering to social distancing measures um wow um it's Uh the third time i've seen inception obviously we'll we'll touch upon inception in our tenant um review i would imagine um third time i saw it what a fantastic film and the imax having not been in the cinema for what has it been six months the IMAX, what yeah, wasn't it incredible? Six months, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, it was. It was an incredible experience. I hadn't seen this film originally in the IMAX, but I've seen it many a time, and seeing it in the IMAX brings a new level of enjoyment, a yeah. new level of storytelling. Uh, there's just no replacement to that 70 millimeter IMAX format. Yeah, like you just can't beat it, and um, the sound as well. Yeah, incredible. And really, then really they're not in the box office, but I also saw Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk in IMAX. Third time I've watched it. One really becoming one of my favourite Nolan films. Dunkirk mm-hmm. adored it. Didn't like it as much the first time I saw it. And both of us also saw Interstellar, which again in the oh. IMAX was. I mean that the bit black with the hole. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's gorgeous, just stunning, mesmerising. We, we could talk about. Christopher Nolan all day and we I will mean, be we talking we'll be talking about him more yeah. <laughs> Craig what have we got in at number two it's Onward Walt Disney's Onward uh, this has been on release for 25 weeks uh, it took at this weekend or last weekend £142,000 and it's total UK box office to the 24th of August is £6,226,845 obviously this was one of the last films that I saw in the cinema uh, it wasn't the last one but it was one of the last ones it was one of the last films that we reviewed on our main show uh, and we both thoroughly enjoyed this film um, brilliant film. yeah really really good if you haven't seen it yet um, if you've got Disney Plus you probably have seen it uh, if you haven't and you fancy a trip to support the cinema uh, and boycott Disney Plus um, you can go and see Onward in the cinema David though what's number one in at number one at the top of the pile is Unhinged Starring uh, Russell Crowe. Four weeks on release. Weekend totaling £178,000. Stars the fabulous Russell Crowe. And we will be reviewing it in full on this very episode. So, David, that's our box office rundown. Would you like to give us the uh, rundown from 10 to 1 in the typical fashion that you used to do six months ago? In at 10, Baby Teeth. 9, The Karate Kid. 8, Dream Builders. 7, Jurassic Park. 6, Trolls World Tour. 5, Pinocchio. 4, 100% Wolf. 3, Inception. 10th anniversary. 2, Onward. And at 1, Russell Crowe is totally... Unhinged. So it's time for our first review back on the main show, and it's a biggie. It's huge. It's huge. It is, in fact, Tenet. 
Uh, so this might be one of the hardest reviews we've done on this show. So please, if you want no spoilers at all, you may want to skip to the next chapter. It's almost impossible to talk about this film without revealing, even by accident, some kind of spoiler. But we are going to try for a non-spoiler review. So we're going to say right now uh, that this film is 100% worth going to see. This is an absolute must, must see. Uh, If you don't mind hearing more about the movie, this is our review. Armed with only one word, Tenet, and fighting for the survival of the entire world, a protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. Uh, We don't have a clip because uh, it's very hard to source a clip that's not going to give too much away. Uh, The trailers were very long and give things away to some degree. Uh, So we felt it was best not to play any clip for this trailer. So uh, where do we begin with this? I suppose, let's say, this is directed by, of course, Christopher Nolan. Uh, It's his 10th outing. And uh, something that I find fascinating about Christopher Nolan is his obsession with time, uh, we see it time and time again with his <laughs> film. Sorry, uh, yeah, <laughs> he loves only time. He does. <laughs> he loves only time. Only time. <laughs> um, so yeah, he does. Um, you know, we we look at Memento where they focus on a particular filmmaking um, style with the way that time is perceived in that film, the way it plays backwards, I suppose. Um, Dunkirk with with the passage of time being looked at in a certain time frame from weeks to months to days, wasn't it? Well, I, it's one hour. One hour. Uh, one one week, day. One day, one, one week. week that's one it. Week. That's it. That's how it is. I haven't seen it recently. Thank you. Um, <laughs> D- Dunkirk, uh, we've got Inception where you are in the psyche of a human being and looking at dreams within a dreams and how many hours and minutes pass from when as far down as certain dreams go. And then you have Interstellar where you have the glorious physics of time and time dilation and time manipulation from black holes um, and the science behind all of that. And then we come to Tenet. Tenet is, is, is another film that looks at time in a particular way. And, and of course, I don't want to spoil this for you, so I can't give too much away. But if you have seen a trailer you will know that time is impacted in this film in a particular way. And it's revolutionary, I believe, in the, in, in the form of storytelling, the way Christopher Nolan uses time to tell a, a fairly unique story. Um, this is a Bond film. It's homage to Bond, mm. in a way. The, the action pieces are fantastic. Coupled with time... That in a way that is just so unique, and the way Christopher Nolan um, has used physics in a way yep. to explain time in this film, it's like he swallowed a book by Carlo Rovelli, um, <laughs> uh, which I highly recommend you read before going into li- this film because there is elements of this film that can only be explained by by reading a book. It's either further reading or reading before you go to this film. Um, so I'll say that again. Carlo Rovelli, a man that is just amazing at talking about physics and time, um, and it will help you understand this film yeah. in a way that is just 
unbelievable. So, David, how would this film, first of all, rank in the films that you love from Christopher Nolan? Well, Christopher Nolan is without doubt one of my favourite directors. I, I mean, I love The Dark Knight. I love The Dark Knight Rises. I love what he did with Batman. Um, the first time I saw Interstellar, I adored it. And that became my favourite Nolan film. Recently, rewatching Dunkirk in IMAX, that is very close to Interstellar. Mm. And then I rewatched Inception, and it's really hard. I have, I have seen... Um, those three Nolan films that I just listed and The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, probably each of them around three, if not four times. I have only seen Tenet once, but let me tell you this, and I want to make this very, very clear to our listeners. My mind was absolutely blown with Tenet. It was... I was literally sat in the cinema. There was no one next to me, three seats to one side, empty, three seats to another side... Or just choked on my own tongue. Again. <laughs> Swallowed your tongue. I thought I you'd cured this. By yeah, now. it's because I speak too. I'm speaking so quickly. But no, I will try not to swallow my own tongue. <laughs> three seats to the left of me, free. Um, brilliant uh, social distancing and safety measures at Cineworld, by the way, if you're worried about going back. The safety measures there are fantastic. And I was, because there was no one next to me, I was literally moving around going, wow. And I mean, wow. I was just blown away by this film. The very concepts in this film. And I'm getting very animated in the studio now. There's lots of hand-waving <laughs> and gesturing. Um, Just Blew my mind. The action sequences blew my mind. I have to say, this is the first film I've ever seen where if... Because I watched it 8 o'clock in the IMAX, so it was one of the last uh, screenings. If I'd have walked out of the cinema and someone said to me, do you want to watch that again? Yes, yes, yes. Immediately. <laughs> I left the cinema and I immediately wanted to rewatch this film. It was mind blowing. Um, I'm going to talk. I mean, we're going to have a conversation here about some of the, you know, everything from the acting to the cinematography to the soundtrack. Yeah. But I just want to say this blew my mind. Where does it rank? I'm going to be honest. From a first watch, it's my favorite. Um, wow. Interstellar impacted me and hit me, particularly the end of Interstellar. But from a first watch, there's no doubt that this is my favourite Nolan film and I cannot wait to rewatch it. Yeah, I mean, I am on exactly the same him page. Him page? Him page? You can tell we've been out of the studio a while. Oh, I know. I mean, I'm on exactly the same him page. Uh, I, well, I am, <laughs> certainly am. And uh, I, there were some technical difficulties when watching this movie. I was supposed to be in a large screen, but there were some issues and we were moved to a slightly smaller screen. And you know what? It did not impact the way I watched this film yeah. whatsoever. The story is fantastic. The way the film is shot is fantastic. The way it looks and the way it unfolds is brilliant. And I was engrossed from start to finish. And I walked out of this film with my mind utterly just blown to pieces. Yeah. Um, and I, I I understood a lot of what was going on, but it is it is a difficult film to follow. And if you are wanting to go and see this movie, be on your A game. Yeah. Be awake, be prepared to be utterly dumbfounded by some of the things that are going on yeah. early on the film. But the, the, it's so gr- so <sighs> pleasing yeah. to see things unfold later on that heart back to something that happens at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. It's gratifying. It's, it's so... 
oh, a just amazing feeling to really have something unravel and reveal other things from early on to make things make more sense. Now, it's it's not going to make sense to everybody. Yeah, I was just going to say, I've just got a tweet from one of our regular listeners, Marcus, and Marcus says, just got home from seeing Tenet. I thought it was a brilliant film, yet I felt that I didn't really understand what was going on, but I did enjoy it very much. It is, and this is why it's so good. It 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 doesn't ask you to rewatch it. It demands a rewatch. <laughs> it insists of yeah. a rewatch. And like Craig said, you've got to be on your A game. You've got to be sharp, and you've got to. Nolan is making you use your your mind here. He's challenging he's, you, he, the 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 viewer. Yeah, he's doing something that I love, and that's not holding you by, by the, the hand. hand. He's giving you all the answers but in a way that means you've got to think about it um if you are not willing to do that don't go and see this film yeah this is not for you at all yeah this... and 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 i'll be as blunt as i have been there this film is not for you if you can't be bothered to think for yourself and all let right, Craig, no, <laughs> no, genuinely though because yeah. you will come out and say that was rubbish yeah you, you will, and and you, you know, know what happened. the film is not rubbish no. the film is superb it is one of my favorite films that i've seen this year and that's not hard because there's not been that many to be honest with you but it is utterly brilliant yeah. <laughs> and you just can't say much more than that but i think we can say a bit more um leading the cast david is yes. John David Washington. Yeah. He plays simply the protagonist. Yes, he does play the protagonist. He does. And uh performance-wise then, let's let's look at John David Washington in this film. How good was he, he in was, this film? He was brilliant. I mean, the physicality that he brought to this role was special. Um the action sequences are, again, non-spoiler, they're some of the most unique action sequences I would suggest in the history of cinema. And I, I genuinely mean that. The way that these action sequences unfold or don't unfold. Ooh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See? Could be a spoiler. Um, Mind-blowing. His performance, you know, um, his vocals, powerful. His his use of his body, brilliant. The... the um, the physicality, uh, the facial expressions are really, um, I don't know how to describe it, a really balanced, wise, well-studied performance. Like, he plays this character very, very well. He does. And you know what? I'd love to see him as a Bond. He is Bond in this film. Yeah. Bond. Bond-esque. He is Bond-esque, but he's more than Bond. He's cleverer. He is much more grounded now one of the criticisms this film seems to get is that is his character development but we get the development it's written between the lines yeah and again that's that's nolan not wanting to spoon feed, spoon you. feed you like you can see his development and you can see further development in your mind's eye almost mm. that's the that's the best way to say it um just a, a really well-rounded poignant brilliant performance from John um, David Washington. I mean, he was great in Black Klansman. Um, really, really good. But this is a next level stuff. And I'd love to see him pick up some kind of Oscar in the future for some kind of performance. Um, he is, he is, he is stunning. 
in this film. And that's just an under, that isn't an understatement, I don't think. I think at the end of this review, we might touch briefly upon the Oscars and, and, and the chances this film has. I, cer- I certainly, I certainly think it's going to be nominated for a few. Second performance, Robert Patterson uh, as Neil. What did you think of him, Craig? Just wow. Like, yeah, he's so versatile. Like, he, he's been in Twilight, Harry Potter. Um, name the other films that we've already mentioned. Um, the Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. Oh, what a performance in that. Brilliant Just, in The Lighthouse. He is a high life as well. And there's so many more, but he's he's becoming... Oh, obviously in The Batman as well. Like yep. He is yep. such a well-rounded, massive actor now. And this film is is none none any not any different to the other performances because they're all different. Do you know what I mean? Like he's now brought another version of himself or another character to life, and and he's he's great. And there's so much depth to him and or to his character, and so much more you want to know. Yeah, that's that, and uh, again, and that's that, Nolan again doing what we love. Yeah, and and. Not not spoon feeding you and and making you want to know more. You want to know more about this character. I wanted to watch this film in speed times two. I wanted to get to the end. I wanted to know more in terms of other acting performances. Uh, Elizabeth uh, Debicki. I thought she was brilliant. Her character uh, again. I, we're doing really well with the non spoilers here. Her character is pivotal to the whole plot, um, and she is very very good. Uh, you've obviously got Michael Caine as Crosby. <laughs> Um, he he's he's great. I want to talk about Kenneth Branagh, um, but this is where we might uh, spoil things in some regards. But let's 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 take this in a, a nice. I'm not going to leisurely say, walk here where we're not going to. I'm not going to say anything other than I thought he was brilliant in this film, and that may be a controversial opinion. I haven't. I don't tend to read other reviews before doing my own because it can sway you. Um, but speaking to a couple of people who have also seen this film, they weren't so impressed with him. Um, I thought he was great. That's all I wanted to say, and that's not giving anything away. Yeah, I mean, he he is one of our favourite actors on yeah. the podcast, but he also has done some really rubbish stuff as well. Um, did he direct Artemis Fowl? He did, yeah. and... That was not good at all. But his performance in here is is great. Yeah. Okay. I but my problem with his character in this film is that it's very stereotypical. And it is very on the nose. Um whilst he delivers a fantastic performance, I felt like his character within the film wasn't developed in enough or could have been very different or should have been very different because of the stereotypical nature of, of that character. That's saying as much as I can probably say about that character and, and that performance. Um, one more person that we probably, or a couple of people we could probably mention here, Himish Patel, um, brilliant performance from him. He's not in it a great deal, but he's in it enough to, to warrant a really good mention. Michael Caine isn't in it that much either, but right. he's still brilliant uh, in the film. Aaron Taylor-Johnson, again, not in the film that much, but brings a very solid performance and and also quite pivotal in there yep, as well. Yep, yep. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that that is all of the characters that we can really probably touch upon and, and, and expand on. Music, David. Score. Yeah, so the score was by Ludwig Göransson. Um, best known for uh, a variety of films, um, but he did the theme for Black Panther, Creed, Creed 2, 
and The Mandalorian, um, just to name a few of his pieces of work. And I was so impressed by the score. Yeah. Um, if you've seen Interstellar, um, the score is powerful and in your face. And if you've seen Inception, the score is doom, 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 doom. You know, it's again, it's 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 there's nothing subtle no. about Nolan's use of music, and it's exactly the same with Tenet. And it brings. It puts you in the back of your seat. It puts you on the front of your seat. It puts you on the edge of your seat. I was all over the... I was jigging in the <laughs> cinema. I was so pumped with this film. And the soundtrack um, by Ludwig uh, Göransson is is brilliant. One thing that I wanted to ask you, you, you obviously saw this in IMAX. Now, uh, there's been some issues or reports of the sound mixing being... Uh, a little bit controversial in the sense that the music is almost too loud. That's, that's quite typical of Nolan in some regards. Could, could you, Did you find it difficult to hear spoken words whilst music was going on? Or, or were you, did you think it was fine? Or I was very focused on this film, so I was paying a lot of attention. I didn't find it that difficult. The only point of, and this is not going to spoil anything because it's in the trailers, the only point where it is difficult to understand people is when they've got a mask on. Um, and there is use of masks in this film, and you we can all relate to that now. You know, uh, yeah, when when, you're, when you're, you bump into your mate at the supermarket, he's got a mask on, and all you hear is <laughs> "How's it going?" Yeah, great to see you too, mate. And then a little elbow bump, and you're on your way. So yeah, there was an issue there, but no, I I, I think um, what I think Christopher Nolan has done here is produce a film of such quality and uniqueness that critics are looking for reasons to critique him and well the the guardian well the guardian has done see i haven't read the reviews like i said but we've seen we've seen three reviews from the guardian the first was two stars that was one star wasn't it no it was two was it two it was definitely two the second was three or four stars and then the third guardian review was five stars now i can only assume they are three separate Critics. Oh yes, definitely. Um, of course, Peter, unless... Peter Bradshaw was the was the third with the five star review, and I would trust him more. I would say, but um, I mean, it's a great opportunity actually. We're talking about critics uh, to throw out my favourite statistic. Oh, here we go. Which is the Rotten Tomatoes? The Rotten Tomatoes. The Rotten Tomato oh, God, score. Um, it sits on a very positive eighty one percent from the critics from one hundred. Um, critics. Um, now, I don't have um, Interstellar and Dunkirk and, and other um, Christopher Nolan works scores in front of me, but 81% from, from the critics is pretty damn good. Click on Christopher Nolan's name. It will bring it up for you, I'm pr- I promise. Okay, dokey. Have um, a look. Have a look. Tell me what you see. Can you see all of his films? Well, his highest rated is The Dark Knight with 94%. Mm-hmm. Um, let's have a little look. Dunkirk... Uh, 92%. Uh, Interstellar, 72%. Wow. Well, I would have said that was higher. Yeah. Um, the Dark Knight Rises, 87%. Inception, 87%. The Dark Knight, hmm. 94%. Interesting. Um, Keep going. Me- Memento, 93%. Um, Batman Begins, 84%. Wow. So at the moment... His lowest rated film would be Interstellar. Well, it would say it. There's, there's, there's a, there's a section there that says lowest rated. Oh, Transcendence, two thousand and fourteen. Mm-hmm. But no. So I mean, 
I'm not quite sure what just happened there. It was a lot of numbers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, 80, what it's sitting on is a very solid uh, 81%. And most of the critical... um, reviews have been have been very very solid it has been received well by critics but it did start it was quite mixed to, to begin with um yeah. but you know what i think some people weren't on their a game when they were watching this they were taken aback they weren't ready for what they were about to see and didn't really realize the true nature of this beast because that's what it is it is a beast of a film and at two and a half hours you know what? It flies by. Oh, it does. Um, Was it really that long? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's sensational. Uh, and I'm not afraid of using that word because we use it so often. Yeah. But I it, wish I didn't use it so yeah. often because I wanted to save it for this. It is super. It truly is. Um is there anything else you'd like to touch upon? Yes, for this there review? is. The cinematography was from Hoyt Van Hoytema. Um he has worked with Christopher Nolan before uh, Hoyt Van Hoytema has um, been involved with the cinematography for Interstellar. He also did the cinematography on Dunkirk. And recently he did the cinematography for Ad Astra. That is not a Christopher Nolan film, but the cinematography was certainly something to commend in Ad Astra. I just wanted to say that um, the cinematography in this film is gorgeous. It's really nice to look at. It flows well. Um, There's some... Uh, what, what I would call already quite iconic shots, um, high shots, low shots, swooping camera movements. The cinematography was great, Craig. I mean, you are a man who has spent time behind the camera, who is a very talented uh, videographer. Um, what did you make of the cinematography here? You know what? It was it was amazing. Now, when you look at cinematography, you you look at lighting and you look at camera movements and you look at camera... The, the way the camera is used within the film and it, the technically this film is on another level mm. um 1917 was on another level um this may not push it much further but it's a it's certainly a sideways movement in terms of what they're doing here when shooting this film and i cannot give you the technicalities and how it's done, but there are some instances where they have to shoot things in a specific way to achieve the way the the scenes unfold in a very unique way. And I can't say much more than that, really. And it's it's incredible, incredible filmmaking skills. Um, Lighting is is great. Um, It's it's typical Christopher Nolan, I'll be honest. It it looks like a Nolan film in terms of cinematography and colour grading, etc. It's typical in terms of the same with with the sound mixing as well. That, you know, that goes hand in hand with Nolan. Um, It's it's a masterpiece in that in that regards it's not it's not the sort of film that has lighting and color throughout that's not what nolan wants you to look at he wants you to look at the story unfolding what's happening on screen doesn't need to have the most well-rounded colorful <sighs> shots do you know what i mean it, it doesn't need that it just needs to be viewable in that sense, and it was, and it's all about the camera moves rather than the grading and the color. The lighting's great, don't get me wrong, but it's standard Nolan, and that's and yeah. that's and it's not a criticism because I love that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's 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 on the nose, Nolan, completely. 
anything else that we can say before we ask questions? Uh, Do we even need to ask questions? uh, I mean, I could talk briefly. Just uh, the production design was by Nathan Crowley. Um, He's also worked with Nolan before um, on Dunkirk and Interstellar. The production design on this was 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 wonderful. Um, don't really need to say much more than that. I think we've touched a lot of bases. Uh, I'm not sure how long the review's been, but I feel like we've um, we've certainly we've certainly given it a good go. We certainly have. I think uh, just to round this off before we ask questions, this is the film that should be bringing people back to the cinema. Hashtag support cinema. I've been trying to get it trending. It's not working. Yeah. But, um, you I've know. seen it. It's caught on a little bit. Has it? Did, did you start that? Yeah. Because I've seen a, a couple of other people using that hashtag. Oh, great. If you click on the hashtag, there's a few other people that have used it. And yeah, support cinema. Great, I started something. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, we want people to go back to the cinema, and this is the film that should be getting people back. It's not doing the numbers probably straight away, but this is bank holiday weekend. Today, yeah. this is going out on Friday for the weekend. If you're looking for something to see in the cinema, this is the one film that you should be going to see. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But here is my uh, catch for this. Oh, My catch is... If you want to go and see this film, you must, A, be well. You must not have any symptoms of coronavirus. Yeah. B, you wear a mask. Yeah. Unless you are eating food in the cinema. Once you are done eating and drinking your food and drink, you put your mask back on. You adhere to the social distancing rules and everyone can therefore enjoy their time and not get sick. Yeah. In any way, in, shape, in, or in form. In a safe way. And let me tell you, I've been to the cinema many times since it reopened, and the experience is great. The staff at Cineworld are great, and the Patreons have, 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 have been brilliant. You know, there's good camaraderie. People are happy to be back in the cinema. If you have any concerns, um, we understand, but Craig had them. He's gone back, and he's loving it. I went back on the on on the back of talking to uh, um, the wonderful manager Paul at Cineworld Hemel Hempstead, and he reassured me how certain concerns that I had about a the aircon systems, how they operated, and and my concern was that they were going to recirculate the air from around the room without filtering it out or bringing fresh air in from outside. And he he reassured me that that is not the case. It will do the job that it needs to do, it will filter the air out, it will purify, it will bring in the fresh air that it needs. And, you know, that reassured me so much so that I went back and it was a fantastic experience. Like you say, the staff are brilliant and the cinema is is cleaned so thoroughly, it's unbelievable. Um, I, I just can't tell you... Well, to, you know, actually, you know what? Well done to the Cineworld Hemel Hempstead team. You have been fantastic. Yep. Thank you for doing what you're doing because we love we love the cinema so much and it is so good to be back in there Absolutely. and this was the film that this film blew our minds it really did and and you know it has to be seen in the cinema there's no way it, it there's no doubt in my mind that this film has to be seen in the cinema at least once oh, at least at, once. at least once yeah yeah so questions david i'm going to ask you the question first okay craig tenet is it worth it? Yes, undoubtedly worth it. This film must be the film you see. If you're gonna if you go to cinema once a year, this is the film to go and see. One hundred percent. David, Tenet, is it worth it? Well, I've done something a little bit different. I've gone for a bit of a sound bite because I wanted to sum this film up. So <laughs> here is my very short review. 
Tenet is ambitious beyond measure, a mind-boggling thrill ride of biblical proportions, jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring, invigorating, Nolan's most enterprising work. 100% worth it. Go and see this film. So on the back of our first review on this week's show, which was pretty epic, I'll be honest, uh, (laughs) we bring you our next review, which is Unhinged. Uh, So what is the film about? Well, it's about uh, a confrontation with an unstable man at a set of traffic lights. A a woman becomes the target of his rage, quite simply. And uh, let's go to a clip and let's explain quite a bit, I think. Let's have a look. I don't have anything to apologize for, sir. Mom, it's okay. Just apologize. Well, I don't think that's really true of any of us now, is it? But that's where we are in this world today. We seem to have developed a fundamental inability to apologize to anyone for anything. I don't even think you really know what a bad day is. Well, that was a clip from Unhinged. And just to bring you a little bit of context, what we have here is Russell Crowe in his big 4x4 um, at a set of traffic lights. And when the lights turn green, Mr. Crowe doesn't go anywhere. So the car behind him, um, which is uh, got two of our protagonists in, uh, firstly, it has Rachel and her son Kyle in the car. She gives him a beep, beep, beep. A bit of a courtesy tap. No. Not no, a courtesy, not courtesy, a courtesy tap. <laughs> and Russell Crowe goes, hey, can't he just do a beep, beep, courtesy tap? And basically, Russell Hinge, Russell Hinge? <laughs> Russell's unhinged. Russell Crowe is totally unhinged in this film. I can't think of a better name for this film than unhinged. It is about one completely unstable, mentally challenged man going completely mental because someone has beeped their horn at him at an intersection in America. I well, Watching this film, I it, it, it found me a bit dumbfounded by the concept here. Yeah. Now, what what is going on here is that uh, or what the director's trying to do here is highlight uh something about road rage mm. and that people you don't know what these people can do mm. when if you if you do something silly uh or something stupid at a set of lights or just something stupid cutting somebody up as simple as that the person that you're doing that to could just that could be the final straw, the straw that broke the camel's, camel's back, back. Yeah. Uh, and God knows what could happen to you, but violence could happen to yeah. you. Um, and there is some serious violence in this movie. Yeah, but the film opens up with like these news reports of like almost factual road rage incidents that happened before, yeah. trying to highlight, you know, this is what I'm trying to highlight here. Um, that you know, if this is real, is this something do you think that just happens in America quite a lot? Because there's no reports of like there's road rage here, definitely road rage, yeah. but like 
there, there isn't as much violent abuse and I like, think it's worse in the states. I think it really is worse because if this is what this, this film's trying to highlight, but or is it just really taken to the to to you know extreme fantasy here? I'm I'm shaking my head in the studio here. I think you've looked too much into this. I genuinely think this is a film that has a very very basic plot and it has no meaning. There is literally no meaning to this film. But that's a lie because I, the I, film presents itself as something that has something to say. I don't Yeah, it, it does, has though. nothing to say yeah, other other than, you know, clichéd uh, you know, here's your courtesy tap at the very end. And it's like, <laughs> oh, God, why? Like these one liners and oh, it's just it, and, you know, look, I'm not saying that something is bad. I mean, actually, I, I am. This film is bad. But yes, you have to just go along with, well, pardon the pun, but the ride here. Genuinely, it's it's pretty naff. It's a naff film. Yeah. I can see why it's number one at the box office. There's nothing else uh, else on at the point that it came out. There's a few good films, um, more better films that we're going to highlight later on, certainly. Um, but this this one has I don't know. You you do need to have a bit of fun with it, but yeah, absolutely. Don't but, take it too seriously. No, don't take it too seriously. But it's asking you to take it seriously at certain points. Yeah, this and, is the and this and this is the problem the film has. I I I did enjoy myself in in some instances because it's so ridiculously bad. <laughs> and Russell Crowe is just so over the top as this unhinged man, as you would expect from the title. He is unhinged, and you would expect him to be unhinged. Yeah. Seriously unhinged. The, the other problems that I have, though, are with perhaps the other actors in this in this film. I don't think they're necessarily bad. I just feel like the direction here is, you know, where's the empathy? Where's the sadness? Where's the extreme emotion that you know that you should be feeling here? They brush over certain instances of things that happened in the film, like it's it's nothing. Yeah, and I I would feel like a bigger reaction to certain things would have made this film slightly more impactful and slightly more realistic in some yeah. nature. This just makes it like a, a, a terrible slasher film almost. Are you thinking of Karen Pistorius, who plays Rachel? I, I am, and her son as well. Yeah. Which I think are both. I think they're both really good in a lot of instances within this film. Yeah. It's it's the direction, the set pieces, the the, the script that, that that lowers the tone for them. Yeah. And they did the best they could with the things yeah. that the, the assets that they had been given. I think. Yeah, so Russell Crowe is obviously playing the man, the unhinged man, and he really targets Rachel, who's played by Karen Pistorius. Um, Rachel's son, Kyle, is played by Gabriel Bateman. I think both... I, I was actually quite impressed with Karen Pistorius's performance. I thought she brought a real energetic nervousness to the role, and she was scared, and rightly so. I just want to say that this film... I think the Rotten Tomato scores um, sum this film up absolutely perfectly. 48% from the critics and 77% from the audience. I just think that absolutely um, sums this movie up. It embodies the movie. Embodies the film. Critically, (laughs) it's not very good. Mm. But from an audience perspective, and I just want to say this was the first film I saw going back to the cinema. If I had watched this on a Friday... 
on the back of, say, three or four other films during the week, because we tend to watch three or four films in a week, and I'd had a long week at work, I might not have been in the mood for this, and I Mm. may not have given it such a good review. But I watched this on the back of several months out of the cinema, and I don't want to say I loved it, because I didn't love it, but I really enjoyed it. I went along for the ride, and it's totally bonkers. The film is unhinged. The actors are unhinged. The director is clearly unhinged for making (laughs) such a film, and it's totally bonkers, and it's naff, and it's tosh, but it's crazy tosh, and if you're willing to just get your popcorn out and get your drink out and go along for the journey, I was I wanted to go, woo, yeah! I wanted to whoop and holler in this movie when people were being killed and Russell Crowe was going mental. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's the kind of film my good friend Paul Newbegin would laugh at. He would he would watch this and go, what is going on? <laughs> Do you know what I mean with that yeah, wonderful yeah. thing he does? And he, what is this? And it's so ridiculous. Ridiculous. And but it is, but it's also <laughs> it's unhinged. And that is the name of the film, and that is embodies what it is. It's an unhinged film. It's got problems, but it's a great ride. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know what? If it didn't present itself as something that wanted to to, to tell you a, a, a serious issue and try and highlight something that's going on in America, um, trying to have something to say, you know what? I I I I would agree with you, but I. I I I I went along for the ride. I did, um, but I didn't walk out that film thinking that you know what that was great. I didn't. I just walked out thinking that was all right. It was a good film to watch. You know, I I, I spent some time in the cinema. Something that I really wanted to do. This wasn't the first film back in the cinema for me. I, Interstellar was, and you know, obviously that's that's completely blown unhinged out of the water. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so maybe we're in two different mindsets there, but you know what? I'm ready to ask questions if you are. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'll ask you first. Uh, unhinged, David, is it worth it? Yeah, I just want to say, me and Craig slightly disagree on this, but I think there's literally no substance or meaning to this film. No metaphor behind it, no real message. It's just Russell Crowe going mental. And I enjoyed the ride, and for me, yes, it's worth it. Craig, unhinged, is it worth it? Um, I don't think this is unworth it. I don't think this is worth it now. No. Reason being, number one, I disagree with you. I do think it was trying to to highlight a key issue. Um, I think it then transitioned into a film that's like, let's just have some fun, actually. Mm. Um, so it's, it, you, it pulls you in either way to begin with, perhaps. Um, and also, I think now there are vastly better films out, Tenet being one of them. Yeah. Um, why would you go to see Unhinged when you can see Tenet multiple times over and <laughs> try and understand what's going on there to some degree and, and be thoroughly entertained vastly more than you would be by this film this one you go along the ride you walk out and it's so forgettable i mean apart from that one liner where you know you know here's your curtsy tap yeah, yeah. Uh, and that that's as far as i'm gonna go with it really no this is not worth seeing in the cinema no so there you have it folks it's a split decision but that was our review of unhinged we're now going to go to a lovely ad uh please stay tuned for more reviews Reality is relative. There is no such thing as universal truth. But lies are always lies. 
From auctions to assassinations, from cosmos to subconscious mind, the roots feeding into these short stories start fine, but thicken and tangle as they grow deeper. Follow these wayward souls through their darkest moments, each beginning with a bang, and each trying desperately to avoid ending with the same. Author and good friend of the show, Jeffro Wayman takes us on a metaphysical, visionary exploration of the human psyche and all that it means to be real. Discussed via an anthology with a difference, Bang to Begin is available for digital download from today and over the bank holiday weekend for free. And let us tell you now, it's worth the download. Link for the download is available in the description of this very episode. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. We just want to reiterate how good Bang to Begin is and you really should be downloading that book. It's a fantastic read and well, well, well worth your time. Absolutely. Um, So moving on, we will now be reviewing Proxima. What is Proxima about? Sarah, played by Eva Green, is a French astronaut training at the European Space Agency in Cologne. She's the only woman in the arduous programme. She lives alone with Stella, her seven-year-old daughter. Sarah feels guilty that she cannot spend more time with her child. When Sarah is chosen to be part of the crew of a year-long space mission called Proxima, it creates chaos in the mother-daughter relationship. Before we dive into our full review, here is a little trailer clip. Cinq, quatre, trois, deux, un. I never thought that one day I'd be saying the last mission before Mars, and yet here we are making last preparations for the long journey. Aye, aye, Captain. Tu savais que ta maman allait partir un jour. Ça te fait très peur, un peu peur. Un peu peur. Совсем немного женщин работало здесь. Ты можешь гордиться собой. I think you ought to ask him to lighten your load. What do you know about my core skills? There's no such thing as a perfect astronaut. Just like there's no such thing as a perfect mother. So that was a clip from the movie Proxima. Uh, So this is directed by Alice Winokur. And uh, going into this movie, I knew very little about it, other than the fact that Eva Green and Matt Dillon were in this film. Uh, They were the only things that I knew about it. Um, Actually, that's a lie. I knew it was a a film about space as well. (laughs) Um, And I went in expecting one thing and came out gobsmacked in some ways. Oh, really? and uh, seeing a film that was completely different to what I expected, mm. and not in bad ways, in in brilliant ways. Um, this is simply a film that is very grounded. Now, that's something that I say literally and 
and and physically in yes. some ways in, 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 and metaphorically I suppose as well um, it's a it's a it's a localized drama I suppose uh, about a subject matter about a female astronaut who is a single mother and it's the challenges she faces uh, when dealing with the fact that she's going to be going on a, a year-long mission into space and leaving her daughter behind and she is you know the the the, the father is is around but they're not together and it's the difficulties that they come up against um and and that how that relationship is going to be strained over the course of the movie um and the, the the amount of pressure Eva Green's character is 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 on is is tremendous and i felt like this film gives you a really great insight into what it's like to be an astronaut uh female or male but but mostly to be a female astronaut in this industry is immense and quite clearly there's there's a lot of sexism in there there's a lot of you know fact that men are maybe perhaps stronger and faster than women and you know this isn't true at all you know we are on equal footings in in a lot of different things and being uh, a woman in space you're faced with that sexism quite often more than likely and this film really delves into the the ins and outs of that and really explores what it's like to be a woman going into space and i adored this movie every aspect of it i i just absolutely loved um what did you think yeah really really brilliant words there craig you took a lot of the words out of my mouth uh so i'll start in my usual spot with the rotten tomato scores it gets a great 81 percent from the critics from a total of 57 uh critical reviews and i just wanted to say that I'm singing off the exact same hymn sheet as you. Uh, I was going to use the word adored. I really did adore this film. Proxima has everything a good film should have, and I'm going to list them for you. An interesting story, good acting, nice cinematography, a quality screenplay, emotional engagement, substance, and a good soundtrack. And I can expand on each of those points if you would like. Uh, nah, no, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you said no and we just went straight to the question. So an interesting story. We, you know, we often see films in space um, and what it's like being in space and maybe even what it's like after being in space. And we saw that a little bit with uh, First Man. Yeah, um, yeah. But what about the preparation? What about the physical preparation for going into space? We see a lot of that in Proxima. What about the mental preparation? How do you prepare yourself mentally to go into space? So it had a really interesting story. Um, did you want to say something on that? Yeah, like, I mean, it's not it's not just like the mental strain. It's, it's the relationship and the emotional Absolutely. strain between not just yourself as the astronaut, and uh, but the family members that are letting you go to your potential death, and it is true. Like, Absolutely, of course, it's, it's, there it's is risky. Like an interstellar, there is simply just a bit of tin foil shielding you from the radiation of the sun. Yeah, you know, it's it's a scary job, yeah. a hugely scary job. But nonetheless, people do it to to expand the mind, expand the the human race, and. And, and go forth into some place that nobody know yeah. has, has been before. It's it's what we do as the human race. But this is all about the preparation and that 
And that's something that we've not really touched upon in film before, I think. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's got that interesting story. It's also got good acting. As I said, Eva Green is great. Um, but the actor that plays her daughter is superb. She is brilliant. She is. So much emotion, so much passion. Um Nice cinematography, like I said. It's a very pleasing film on the eye. Um, very close and personal and almost feels documentary-esque. Mm. Um, you really feel like this is something really happening and you're and you're almost a fly on the wall watching this. Um, a quality screenplay, like I said. This is the film's best attri- attribute, no doubt. It's a very word-heavy film and it's vital on a, in a word-heavy film that you have... Um, you know, you have a good script. As I said, emotional engagement. You engage with the characters emotionally and you care about um, their outcomes. Um, the key with a film like this that is slow and very heavy is that you do engage emotionally. If you're not engaging emotionally with these characters, you're not going to enjoy the journey. The substance as well, there is so much meat on the bone here. Lots of commentary about motherhood and the human condition, what it means to be a mother, uh, what it means to be a human in a vast universe. Um, So there's loads of substance in this film. And finally, it's got a great soundtrack. Um... The soundtrack comes from uh, Ryuchi Sakamoto, who is a Japanese composer, um, probably best known for his um, score in uh, The Revenant, where Leonardo DiCaprio won an Oscar for Best Actor. If you haven't seen The Revenant, check it out. I'm really glad we played that trailer clip because obviously a lot of it was in French and if you do speak French you'll be able to hear what they were saying there the interactions between the mother and the daughter but it showed that brilliant score and for all of those reasons I adored Proxima I thought it was a marvellous piece of cinema a beautifully intimate story wonderfully told wonderfully shot and I I was so so happy with this film really really enjoyed it yeah this is another film that should get you back out into the cinema um it's it it would debuted i believe at the toronto international film festival in 2019 so it is a 2019 kind of release uh didn't have a cinematic release but did have a film festival running it it's won multiple prizes uh, all the way from you know for the director, especially uh, you know obviously Alice Win- uh, Winnico, who is just a fantastic director. She's proving herself with this, and I'm gonna just put this out there, but I can see her taking on some much larger projects in the future. Yeah, definitely, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you have anything else to say about it? To be honest, I don't want to blow my own trumpet. Um, <laughs> but I think I covered most most. Yeah, I think, the, I think we did, didn't uh, we? Number of bases were covered with that review. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So yeah, go on. You ask so it. So Craig Proxima, of course, it's worth it. No, is it worth it? Yes, this is totally worth going to see in the cinema. It's as you said, intimate. It's great. It's it's down to earth. It is everything that you want in a film that tells a dramatic story or a drama that unfolds about a subject that, you know, a lot of people will enjoy, space. But it's the lead-up to all of that. Yeah. And it's also, you know, if, you're, if you've got a, a daughter or a sister or, you know, someone of that nature or a niece that is obsessed with space, yeah. this is a great film to take them to. Um, it's a 12A. There is some nudity in the film, I'll be honest. 
But this is a great film to get those kids inspired, get yeah. those girls inspired to want to be astronauts, to Absolutely. be scientists. You know, this is that film. Um, take them to see Proxima, um, but not just them. Everyone should go and see this film. Uh, yeah, loved it. David, Proxima, is it worth it? 100% worth it for all the reasons I outlined earlier. Um, what about the reasons I outlined? And and <laughs> and my co-presenter, he's doing a pretty good job this evening as well. Um, so much emotional engagement, so much substance, beautiful soundtrack, an innocent film, really kind, really humble. You hit the nail on the head there. Something very humble about this film. It's a wonderful piece of filmmaking, visually very pleasing on the eye, brilliant acting, uh, great uh, screenplay, as I said. Proxima, 100% worth it. That's great, David. We're now going to go to some a new segment. That's right. It's not new. It's old, but we're bringing it back. It's news. <laughs> news. That's right. News is back for this episode. It might not be in future episodes, but we definitely <laughs> need it for this episode because joining us in the studio is Ranjit uh, with David and I, and uh, you've got some very important news, don't you? I do, I do indeed. Um, as you may be aware, that uh, DC held a online comic con uh, of, of their own. Um, it seems to be like you know Marvel and DC and Star Wars. They're no, no longer going to be having a presence at San Diego Comic Con. They're all sort of splitting off to doing their own thing now. Um, Is that because and, they can make more money. Uh, must be, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lovely. So uh, yeah, so DC held a DC Fan Dome. Um, over the weekend and it, it just absolutely like you know won the weekend in my opinion um blew so, up I mean, didn't it it really it, did it was yeah. all over film twitter they, they did really well with that stream and there's another one happening actually i think on the 19th of september but i think that's more focused on the comic side than it is on the uh, movie side um but yeah so this dc fandom um i'll, I'll just go through a list shall i um, yeah go for what it i wanted to talk about so it started off with the final trailer for wonder woman um it looks it, you know, this film is is finished. It's done. It was meant to come out. Uh, obviously, COVID hit, and it's been. Uh, I believe it's been uh, pushed back to October um, in the UK. So we mm. still have to wait to see it. Um, the final trailer trailer gave us our first look at the villain Cheetah, played by Kristen Wiig. Um, nothing had been released of her final um, sort of form yet, apart from sort of like leaked images of like merchandise and stuff. Yeah. So you know, in, in the comics, she's a. Um, She's a person who looks into sort of the Amazonian history and she gets, um, she sort of, uh, there's this like evil God and it turns her into like a human or a cheetah and she sort of feasts on human flesh and stuff like that. And <laughs> oh, she's, yeah, wow. she's, she's, uh, she's Wonder Woman's like Wonder Woman's Joker or Lex Luthor. Yeah. She's Wonder yeah. Woman's main villain. Um, so yeah, so we get to see the final look of Cheetah. Cheetah looks, I mean, you saw a little glimpse. It looks... You know, we saw something uh, similar to this. Maybe yeah, I haven't seen it, but was it good or was it bad? People are comparing it to cats. Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. That's definitely bad. Very uh, bad. But that, I, I wow. don't think it. I don't think it looks that bad. I, I don't think it's fair to compare it to cats. Um, uh, you know, uh, we saw a little glimpse. Um, saw a little, little fight scene with her and Wonder Woman. So. I hope it is better than than cats. I mean, you know, we all know how that. It would have out. to be pretty awful not to be better exactly. than cats. Yeah. You know, I don't think it is awful. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I think it looks great. Um, great jokes from like Chris Pine, uh, Steve Trevor. He's back in it as well. How? Yeah. It's not really clear yet. Um, mm. Pedro Pascal joins the cast as well. He's uh, Maxwell Lord in there. He's uh, another DC villain. 
Mm. Um, and I love Pedro Pascal. I love him and everything. He's so good. Um, so yeah, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman looks great. Are you guys excited for it? Yes. I mean, I, I, I loved the first Wonder Woman film. I thought it was brilliant. This one, what is it? What's the actual title for this one? Wonder Woman 84. 84. Is yeah. it because it takes place in 1984? Correct. Wow. That's, okay. Well done, Craig, for deducing that. <laughs> it's that's just that's a number. Real, it's, just, it's just numbers. It's just a real technical achievement there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes, you know, Wonder Woman, the first, you know, there's been, I saw the trailer for it, not this one, but I saw the other one. And there are some scenes where it, they go back in time, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to show some past. So, you know, whether or not that's where it unfolds or not is another question. But I do like the title sequences. They, they look very cool. Yeah, they do. Yeah. How about you, David? Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think some other trailers you're going to talk about, I'm a little yeah. bit more excited there's one in particular <laughs> but no i'm 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 i always i love it when a big trailer drops yeah um and there's nothing better than being in a cinema when a trailer drops as well in the in you know in the moment i just on a little bit on that trailers for me are bittersweet yeah i they, totally. I, I love watching them in the cinema yeah. but also they ruin my life yeah they ruin the films that I really are excited to see without even having much knowledge about it, and they yeah. just they, they, they just throw too much in there sometimes. Yeah, I think it's such a it's hard to get the balance right because uh, Marvel recently have for Infinity War and for Endgame they started releasing these sort of like fake trailers with yeah. all these um with all this footage that wasn't in the final film. Yeah, which is so, great. Have but then. Are they selling something that isn't real? Like, is there a, false is there advertisement? A, yeah, is there get a on line? to get onto the the the, the, the <laughs> ombud, what, what do you call it? Ombudsman. <laughs> <laughs> Financial ombudsman. <laughs> what, actually, have you heard my theory about trailers? That the 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 longer the trailer, often the worse the film. I think the more that is revealed in a trailer, because if you've got all the best bits in the trailer, people yeah. will go, "Wow, yeah. that's great!" Yeah. I love a short, short trailer. As I said in my Tenant review earlier, I went into Tenant completely blind, yeah. didn't even watch a single trailer, and I'm so, so happy that I did that. Mm. Nice. What's next on your list of news? So next, um, James Gunn, um, he's taking over the Suicide Squad. Um, obviously, David Ayer uh, made directed the Suicide directed Suicide Squad in uh-huh. 2016 <coughs> and James Snorfest yeah it was yeah it's uh, in my opinion it's probably the worst DC film that they've released in this new sort of universe that they've created yeah but how many universes are there though I know it's like yeah, supposed to be one but there's a multiverse point. now yeah. is there not yeah that's I was going to get to that um, I'm going to mention what they said on DC fandom oh okay but, sorry um, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so James Gwan uh, is directing this and it's officially called The Suicide Squad um <laughs> If you can't change yeah. the name, just put a the at the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> and obviously Margot Robbie's back as uh, Harley Quinn, but this time she's joined by Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman, Peter Capaldi, Viola Davis, Pete Davidson's in the cast. Yeah. It's, it's got a really co- cool looking cast. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looks like James Gunn has sort of really delved into DC lore and picked all these really wacky, weird villains. Mm. Um, what they did, they didn't have a trailer to release. They released this sort of couple minutes worth of behind the scenes sort of b-roll footage and mm. he, um what they called a uh, fate uh interview what's it called um oh uh, what they're doing like a, a mockumentary uh, yeah like it was just like harley quinn talking about uh, how this is different and stuff like that and okay. uh, don cena and uh, people like that so um in my opinion I, i'm a, i'm a i'm a bit mixed on james gunn i liked guardians one not too not the big not as big a fan of guardians two um, but this looks interesting. It already, in my opinion, looks way better than what we got in 2016. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's going to be wacky. It's going to be crazy. Um, you've got, you've got like all these weird costumes in there that 
uh, James Gunn has said it's he's he was heavily inspired by like seventies uh, Vietnam War films, and it's going. It really does have that sort of vibe. Oh, they wow. released a poster that looks awesome, and it has <laughs> that sort of vibe as well. Cool. Um, and yeah, it just looks it looks crazy. There's so many characters, but obviously because it's Suicide Squad, more than half of those characters are probably going to die. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think this was a very interesting look. Um, it's got James Gunn written all over it. Um, his brother's in it again, Sean Gunn, and he's playing a character called Weasel, who looks like this really weird, really weird looking weasel. You know, a bit, uh, you know, not as not as nice looking as Rocket Raccoon. Like, just he, <laughs> yeah. he, look, he looks odd. Um, and yeah, so I, I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm liking the look of what they've done so far. Um, and yeah, I'm interested to see where James Gunn takes this. Yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to see a, a trailer, I suppose, properly yeah. a proper trailer for yeah. that one then. Uh, just to see how James Gunn has, I don't know, put it all together, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You looking forward to it, David? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the the last Suicide Squad was, it had its problems. Yeah. Um, we won't go into those now, yeah. but yeah, excited about this one as well. Yeah. And I think the last Suicide, Suicide Squad, again, fell victim to sort of, um, you know, too much meddling with it from the studio and a lot was cut out. David Ayer says that there's, there's so much more Joker footage that he shot with Jared Leto that was cut out. But, oh, please, not another yeah. director's cut. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I was just about to say, like, <laughs> I, I don't even think a David Ayer cut can save that film. I, think, I, yeah. was, I was just not a fan from start to finish. Um, so, yeah, that was that was The Suicide Squad, which is the second film that they showed. And then the uh, DC fandom uh, brought us Black Adam. Uh, Black Adam is uh, starring The Rock. The Rock was announced as Black Adam back in 2013. It's yeah. been so long since he was announced in this role. It just never really sort of materialised until now. Um, and uh, in my opinion, this is one of the most interesting uh, films that they're coming out with. It looks really cool. So Black Adam, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory. He sort of, uh, like thousands of years ago, he was a slave in a fictional uh, country called Kandak. Um, and um, the rulers of the of that that country gave him powers to see uh, they were sort of experimenting with powers and they gave it to this one slave just to see what would happen and obviously you know he, if he has the powers to break free he's going to break free and turn on his uh, masters which is what he did turn he's, on the oppressors yeah, yeah so he he becomes a ruler of kandak and he's uh, he's ruled for thousands of years and then i can't remember what happens but he's sort of like in he like disappears for a while um he was hinted at in shazam he's shazam's main villain in the comics yeah so in that film he was hinted at um, so I hope, you know, they, this film brings the, them two together. Yeah. I'd love to That'd see Zachary Levi Shazam up against The Rock. Um, <laughs> that would be brilliant. Yeah, I love Zachary really cool. Levi. So yeah. I'm really, yeah, yeah I, I'm a big fan of The Rock as well, but I feel like when you're watching a rock film, that's, you're just watching a rock film. He doesn't really sort of, you know, slip into his character. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to do that in this. I hope he is. Yeah, I mean, he does. I mean, the character becomes him. Yeah. Rather than he becomes the character, yeah, and that does happen quite a lot. But he he still manages to pull in the money. He still manages to 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 pull things off because we, every time you watch him in a film, you just yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, and that's all you can do. And I yeah. think I think you just got to go with it with this one. And I I saw the teaser and I thought it was really yeah. good. So yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a cartoon, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like sort animation of animatics that they had yeah. ready because they obviously they haven't shot anything yet. Um, that's all they had to show us, and like I said, like I think this is this is the film that looks the most interesting, like because mm. it's also going to introduce other characters like Hawkman, uh, Atom Smashing, and one of my favorite characters, Doctor Fate, who's this like um, almost DC's version of Doctor Strange, this really powerful sorcerer. Um, so, and they're part of uh, the Justice Society of America, which is the 
sort of the OG Justice League. They were around before the Justice League. Um, mm. And um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, I, and then also um, near the end of the um, the panel, The Rock sort of hinted that, that he was going to go up against Superman, which is, you know, wow. you guys know me. I always talk about Superman. That's all yeah. I, <laughs> that's all I mentioned. So um, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that happen. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's been loads of like, uh, Instagram posts of like The Rock and Henry Cavill together so I really do hope that they put um, put them both in the same film um, so yeah Black Adam uh, David what do you think of yeah really looking forward to it. I, like Craig I did see a snippet some sort of short was it a trailer or no it was just like a teaser like yeah, a yeah. put together um, drawings and, and animatics and in terms of The Rock I read recently do you know he's the highest paid actor in the world at the moment crazy isn't it yeah um, I think last year he earned fifty million. Good old Dwayne. Um, <laughs> and in terms of, I'm a, I'm a fan actually of his, but I think Craig's right. The character's almost moulding to him. Yeah. Um. Recently in Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and Jumanji, Return of the Jungle, or something. I can't remember what it was <laughs> called, but it was something to do with the. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember. Both of Welcome were great. to the Jungle. No. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I can't make myself look bad now. There was two films, both of them were really good, and yeah, really excited to see The Rock in, in this role. Yeah, yeah, like I said, he's been, you know, he got cast in 2013, so it's been a long time coming. Yeah, it certainly has yeah. been. So, what's, yeah. what's next on the agenda? And then next um, was, of course, Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> so, um, wow. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's real, it exists. Uh, there yeah. was loads of rumours that it didn't exist, but he was always, he was already always very adamant that it did exist mm. um you know a little bit of backstory back in 2017 we got justice league um but while they were filming it in 2016 Zack snyder was taken off the project um in real life his daughter committed suicide so it was a really tragic story but there's also there's all sorts of rumors that warner brothers wanted to take him off even before that had happened and they just used that as the reason to remove him from the project um joss whedon came on and shot the, you know the rumors again that it's almost ninety percent of that film has been reshot, so it became one of the most expensive flops of all time. Mm. Um, that film just cost so much to make, and it did not make any of it back. It did really badly at the box office, but it did really badly critically and uh, in the box office. Um, and then ever since then, there's been this sort of movement to get to release the Snyder Cut. Yeah, and um, these passionate fans around the world just you know kept hammering on, and kept tweeting Warner Brothers and Zack Snyder and. Um, everyone and you know it just it became this sort of thing over the years and then it actually happened it actually you know the the Snyder Cut exists and it's coming out and um, why do we think that is though do we think because during the pandemic um, and during lockdown people really wanted to watch content and there wasn't much out there in that regards and that just sort of made Warner Brothers think we can make some money here. The reason I think it's happened is because they have HBO Max and HBO Max is not doing the numbers they want it to be doing. Yeah. There's nothing drawing anyone to it. There's nothing new. Mm-hmm. And this is what they're they're hoping to get sort of Disney Plus numbers for it. And I think they could get close. Um, but it's blown up online. Yeah, exactly. It, people so, are going mad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I think it's worth mentioning this is not going to be in cinemas. This is going to be in America. It's going to be on HBO Max, which is Warner Brothers st- streaming service. So I'm not sure how we'll get it here um, in the UK. So uh, the equivalent is is Sky yeah. now, now TV. Sky Atlantic. So it yeah. is going to be. I think it's going to be Sky Atlantic. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be. Yeah. It's a shame. I would have loved to see this in the cinema. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not. I have. I've been on this podcast many times, and I've. I have 
trashed <laughs> Zack Snyder in the past. You know? <laughs> but in my opinion, I don't think Batman v Superman is a good film. And that's a result of having too much Zack Snyder. That's, ha- that's a result of uh, no control on Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he understands the characters that he's dealing with. Um, I don't think he understands what makes them special, what the, the, the core elements of these characters. Um so that's why I'm a bit apprehensive about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah. Um, when you when you just a bit pedaling back there a little bit. Yeah. Does this hark back to his first outing with Henry Cavill and what he go what he does with Superman in that film? There is an there's an element in there yeah. that Superman doesn't do something, but he did it in that film. Yeah. So yeah, he's made he's made Superman kills all in that film he's made batman the killer and batman v superman which is two things i really can't get behind because you know in my opinion it just completely destroys what what Mm -hmm. makes those characters so special um and it a moral compass and moral compass and then then there's no stakes you know then why is batman versus why is batman going up against joker why is that an issue then because then we know he can just kill him like you know what i mean there's there's no there's no nothing holding them back um, but with Man of Steel, I think that was pretty much written before he came on board. He only came on to direct it. It was written by David Goya. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Batman, v, they pretty much started filming Batman v, v Superman straight after Man of Steel. And then that's when Warner Brothers gave him full reign of, of the franchise. Um, so yeah, so the Snyder Cut, the release of Snyder Cut actually worked. Um, it, he actually is going to release it on HBO Max. He said it's going to be in four four hour um for one hour episodes slots, yeah, yeah for one hour episodes blimey yeah so that's a lot of content it's then. a lot of content but that, his original yeah. plan was for two films he was actually going to make justice league one and justice league two so i think now he's just doing it all in one wow um and yeah i mean can it be worse than what we got in 2017 because that film is pretty bad could it be? I don't know, Ranji. I'm be honest. I really don't know. I, I the trailer when the, I saw the trailer, I watched it. It just I just didn't see anything different about it, and that's because I didn't compare, I didn't contrast or yeah. anything. I just it just seemed like the same film, same yeah. characters. Yeah, I mean, same plot. All the footage that we saw in that trailer, we haven't seen before. That is all brand new footage. Okay. I mean, sorry, we have seen it before in trailers. None of that footage was in the film that we got in 2017. Right. Um, and even in the film in, 2000, in 2017, you can see it switch from Snyder's film to Joss Whedon's films in the same scene. Like There are like so many like weird discrepancies with like yeah. Ben Affleck's wig and Ben Affleck's, you know, you know, because he, uh, he, he also had some really uh, personal troubles throughout uh, that, that time period um, with like alcohol and stuff. And um, you can see that he wasn't in the best shape when... He was back in when he had to come back for reshoots and stuff like that. And that, you know, that, that film has so many problems. Um, yeah, like I was saying, I'm not the biggest Snyder fan, but I think there is something to say about, you know, you've hired this filmmaker and this artist. You should at least get his vision out there. Yeah. Um, there is something quite nice that his his vision that he intended is com- is finally coming out um, and not the butchered version that we yeah. saw back in 2017. Is it fair to say you're excited for this then? Yeah, as a big a big Superman fan, I am excited. Um, you know, because the DC fandom was very light on Superman news. There was nothing that uh, that came out about Superman, which is quite a, a shame. I was hoping that there'd be a new Superman film announced, but there wasn't. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll take what I can get yeah. <laughs> at this point. So yeah, I think I am I am I'm intrigued. I want to see what how different this is going to be to what we we've already seen. Um, and he's delving into more characters that weren't in the um, in the Joss Whedon one, and uh, different designs for characters that weren't that didn't make it to the Joss Whedon version. So 
I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. Good. What is there? A, is it one more bit of news, or is there? A, is there a, a lot more? No, I think that's it. I think there was no there, one more. Nah, there was no trailers. Was there? <laughs> 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 of course, there was. <laughs> um, I, I was. I was getting worried there. <laughs> yeah, so there was a little film called The Batman. Um, the again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Batman. <laughs> um, we've got Robin Pattinson being Batman this time, and uh, I think there's one scene in that trailer that sort of shuts up all the critics, doesn't it? Um, Batman just beating <laughs> that that. Fuck up. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. This film, you know, I'm 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 kind of sick of all this Batman stuff that's coming out in terms of the games and the films and stuff like that. But it is I, an oversaturated character, isn't it? It really is. I would love to see more Superman over Batman any yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I, 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 I had enough with Christopher Nolan. Like his yeah. his his take on Batman was the best. Yeah, it was I, epic. Yeah. Can this can this match or uh, go above? What do we think it on was, the back of that trailer? I mean, it's going to struggle to come close to to Nolan's epic. Mm. I I really uh, I really liked this trailer. Yeah, I, um, I was really drawn in by it. I thought mm. it was a very nicely put together trailer. Didn't give too much away, and I've got to say, Robert Pattinson is becoming. I wouldn't say one of my favourite actors, but I really admire him. He, I thought he was brilliant in Tenet. He was great in The Lighthouse. Um, I've seen him in lots of other stuff as well. And High Life, if you haven't seen that. Um, incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And, and, and right back to when he played Cedric Diggory in Harry Potter, he was great. Uh, I think he's a really accomplished actor. Twilight? And- uh, and yeah, even in Twilight, look, it's not my kind of film. Sorry, Shivani, if you're listening. Um, but he is a very accomplished. Actor. He he is an Oscar-winning actor. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you that now. He will I win agree. the gold statue at some point. Yep. Um, no doubt about that. So yeah, I'm excited for this, and I I like a dark, gritty, heavy, depressing. Yeah. Let's talk you know reality let's get stuck in and i think that's that's what i loved about joker and we won't talk about that <laughs> because i know you've got very different film uh, opinions on that but no i loved the trailer i thought it looked really interesting and again um i follow a lot of film critics and film buffs and people on twitter that um love talking and tweeting about film they were going mad for this trailer yeah i mean i liked it even more when we put the cats audio behind it <laughs> that was pretty- i mean that was <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> it fitted so well it, it it's was- if if you if you haven't seen it, go to our Twitter page. I retweeted it on there. It's just incredible. It, yeah. The the bit yeah. where James Corden goes, <laughs> and that's the, the same moment in the Batman trailer where he's he's beating, he's beating the beating the guy up, and it just fits so well. It's incredible, yeah. incredible scenes. Um, yeah. but you're excited for this, Emran? Yeah, yeah, I did like this trailer. Um, I, I'm a fan of Matt Reeves. Um, and it looks like he's drawn a lot from Batman Year One and sort of Batman Long Halloween, which are two of my favorite Batman stories. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've, I was, I was on board with, uh, Patterson from the start and this is, this trailer has just proven it. Mm. Uh, he looks brilliant in this role. He really looks like he's making it his own, um, his own version of the character. Um, and yeah, I mean, I could do without another Batman film in all honesty. Like, like yeah. I said, I want another Superman. I want more Superman. I think now is the time to have a more hopeful character in the world out there. You know, yeah. Superman does embody that. Um, Do you think he could fight a pandemic? (laughs) Mm, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no. (laughs) But yeah, like this trailer does look brilliant. I love the use of the Nirvana song. I love the the cinematography, the darkness, the raw. The the you know it looks very raw. It looks very violent. It looks very gritty. It looks more realistic than what Nolan did somehow. Like it 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 does look. It looks like it could be. 
you know, in more of a in more of today's world than Nolan's films did. I think this, and also this Gotham looks a little better as well. I think uh, Go- uh, Nolan's Gotham was a bit bland. It just looked like any sort of American city, in my opinion. It wasn't mm. it didn't have much character to it. Um, not like you know, the, the Tim Burton Gotham looks amazing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I can't wait to see what Patterson done with, does with it. Yeah, fun fact: uh, Robert Patterson had to lie to Nolan about <laughs> going for the audition for this movie. Um, he didn't want him to know that he was doing that. He told he said he had some sort of family issues. I think it was, wow. and he had to leave the set to go in. <laughs> but, uh, but but Nolan knew. He knew. He just knew. He just um, knew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, honestly, he did, and he was like, you, "You're going for the audition, aren't you?" And he was like, ah. "That would have been terrifying." <laughs> yeah, you <Yeah>, know. <laughs> But yeah, so is that all your news? Yeah, that's a, that's a little recap of DC Fando. Fantastic. That was well, brilliant. Ranji, thank you for joining us in the studio and bringing us some news. <laughs> we interrupt this broadcast or visit Worth It, the film review podcast for an important announcement. If you're enjoying the podcast, we would like to remind you that you can now become a Patreon supporter for as little as $3 a month. This helps the podcast to continue to grow as well as offering the potential for bonus content and Is It Worth It merchandise. Your support helps the podcast stay alive. So why not become a Patreon supporter today? Head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Is It Worth It podcast. Yes, and we'd like to say a very big thank you to all of our current Patreon supporters. Uh, you do mean an awful lot to us. Uh, you show that you are, uh, you think that we're worthy of your time and listenership. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you so so much. You've managed to get us through this this lockdown period by by showing your willingness to yeah, continue absolutely. supporting us. Uh, and we thank you so 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 much so uh moving on though (laughs) it is our final review on week 45 of is it worth it the film review podcast and it's an american pickle uh, this sees Seth Rogen starring as Herschel Greenbaum, a struggling labourer who immigrates to America in 1919 with dreams of building a better life for his beloved family. Now, one day while working at his factory job, he falls into a vat of pickles and is brined for 100 years. <laughs> The brine preserves him perfectly, and when he emerges in present-day Brooklyn, he finds that he hasn't aged a day. But when he seeks out his family, he is troubled to learn that his only surviving relative is his great-grandson, Gray, uh, the Gray Ben Greenbaum, also played by Seth Rogen, and he's a mild-mannered computer coder whom, whom Herschel can't even begin to understand. Now we've got a little clip lined up for you here. Uh, let's uh, let's put it on right now. Hey guys, sorry you can't be there. What? We're putting up a billboard. Vaulted set. Add for vanilla flavored vodka. Vanilla flavored vodka. Cossacks. Cossacks! Herschel, what are you doing, man? 
You will take down vanilla vodka. Or I will do violence. What? You will take down vanilla vodka. Or I will do violence. No, look, buddy, I don't have time for all that. Oh, shit. No. Stop. Yes. So I think uh, Craig has selected a, a good clip there that sort of shows what this film was about. Two Seth Rogans for the price of one. Uh, <laughs> just have to comment on the tone of your voice there. It sounds so defeative. I, I, me and Craig are going to come to blows a bit here because I... Now, I have come round slightly. We Off air, we have been arguing quite vigorously about this movie. I, I wouldn't say vigorously. There's been a heated a bit debate. A back and you know, forth. If, you know, I did say I would do violence at one point. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to just kick off the review by saying I really struggled with this movie. And when I say really struggled with it, um, not on the verge of walking out, but on the verge of questioning my own sanity. Um, for, for I just didn't understand what the hell I was watching. Firstly, the believability of, of a gentleman falling into a vat of pickles and being brined for a hundred years. The most bizarre form of time travel um, <laughs> in, the his, I, in the history of movies. Is it time travel? Well, it, <sighs> or does time move around He him? does not decay. <laughs> so he does not age, does not decay. He is he's he is preserved. Preserved. He's, it, he's, again, he's, it would be an interesting Christopher Nolan film. Uh, yeah, I suppose. But I struggled with with the premise of this film, and I struggled with the screenplay. I struggled with the acting at times from Seth Rogen. Uh, I didn't find it very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was the problem for a Seth Rogen film. I was expecting it to be slightly more funny. When it tried to get serious, um, I think some of the character arcs ruined it. Um, so the yes, the is he Russian? He's he's a he's a Russian Jew, I believe. Yes, um, he's he's somewhere Herschel, yeah, yeah f- geographically from that part of the world. You can hear from his accent. He makes a decision halfway through the film, quite radical. And it just breaks their relationship up that he has with his great-great-grandson. And, yeah, it's... it's it's it's. <sighs> I have come round to your way of thinking. Maybe this isn't as bad as, as I thought it was. Maybe I've missed something. But I, I remember there was a family, three or four rows in front of me, just to my right-hand side. I was at my own in the back left-hand corner. And I was really worried. I thought this family's come out during a pandemic. They've gone to the cinema. Maybe it's a a special trip, someone's birthday, and they've got to watch this rubbish. And (laughs) I was worried. And I don't like being worried because I want people to enjoy their cinematic experience. Craig, tell our lovely listeners what I've missed and potentially why this is a better film than, than what I've said. No, I I don't disagree with some of the things that you're you're saying there, David. I think you're slightly missing some points here that maybe I connected with this film on a different level. And I think 
First of all, though, I do think Seth Rogen brings uh, an element of, of great acting here with the, the dual performances. Um, I think Herschel, at the beginning of this film, is actually a rather uh, enjoyable character to watch. He's quite funny and he is in his time, of in his element, I think. Mm. It's when he is taken out of that time that things start to get a little bit shaky for him. Um, I think Ben Greenbaum, also played by Seth, of course, um, I think his character is very grounded and of that era. And there are points in this film where the arcs of these two characters come to blows. And that is where this film's downfall is. Um, However, there are some pivotal points in the film where actually they seem to find themselves again. Now, it's the part that, I think is brilliant is is the is the emotional part of it the connecting to a relative and perhaps finding your religion that you had lost touch with or yeah. lost touch with your your past in a your way your roots your roots exactly that and it's Ben Ben's um outlook on life that he's sort of lost touch of his past he's had some things that happened to him in the past that have made him completely want to forget about his relatives in a way. And that's really sad to hear. But when Herschel comes back, it's like, this is fantastic. And that emo- that relationship to begin with blossoms in some ways. And it is really beautiful to see unfold on the screen in in, in a really unique way. It's it's when the they come to blows and it's in yeah. the manner that it comes to blows that it's trying to be humorous and it just fails completely. And that kind of ruined the film for me because I was actually finding these glimpses into a religion that I find myself connected to deeply um, to, to be almost kind of taken not too seriously. Um, but it isn't until the very end that actually... It redeems itself in a yeah. really wonderful way, and it you know you he Ben finds himself swapping places with Herschel and going back to Russia and being in that town where where Herschel grew up in and finds himself in a synagogue as the only place that he could be mm. in times of refuge, yeah, a place to point. sleep, and he finds himself being. You know, asked to do Kiddush, which is a a Jewish prayer. Uh, to to that, I think it's the one that they. I believe it's Kiddush that they're doing. I could be wrong. I'm, I apologize. Um, but it's a prayer to to for 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 lost one to to for loved ones that have passed, basically. But they require a certain number of 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 people to mm. to say the prayer together, a prayer of mourning, essentially. And Ben's character really comes to terms with the death of... I, mean, I might be spoiling this here, but you know what? I think it's worth doing here. But he, he comes to terms for the, of the death of his parents. And, and then all of a sudden, Herschel turns up and realises the errors of his ways. And these two characters finally have something to connect upon and have really come to terms with their place on this planet in that way. And actually, it does have that emotional awakening 
that the film needed and it lost itself massively in the middle it really did and it was very terrible in sen- in the sense of the scripting the, the humor and you're to- totally spot on with that but i think you're you're missing the the two ends of the film the beginning and the end that actually were were really quite good and there was some humor injected in there at the beginning yes it's ridiculous that he falls into a vat of pickle of pickles and is brined for 100 years How and perfectly preserved it, exactly that that's that's ridiculous it really is but you know what you go with it yeah, until sure. it gets really 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 ridiculous and and you lose you lose the connected part that you really were expecting for it to happen in the middle it gets ludicrous it truly does and i'm not saying it's brilliant and i'm not saying it's good and i'm not saying it's worth it yet but i do believe that there were flashes of brilliance in this film and i really do feel that it it connected to me on a certain level that perhaps it it wouldn't with certain viewers and yeah i mean and and it is the beginning and it is the end but that make it worthwhile in some sense but that middle was was delirious in some ways like it was it was poor it genuinely was poor mm. I, <laughs> sorry i've got a bit of a th- frog in my throat there did i make you cry no, I, I've got to say, Craig, you've done a a great job making a terrible film sound good. Um, no, I'm I'm, I'm jo- I didn't even get a laugh out of him there. He looks quite angry in the studio here. <laughs> what is interesting, and forgive me if I'm a broken record, is the Rotten Tomato scores. They're fascinating. Seventy three percent from the critics, pretty solid. Forty seven percent from the audience, and it's it's. I think I think you're in the audience camp. There. Absolutely now. I just want to touch upon that briefly. Often I go into a film with my critical hat on. And with this one, because it was a Seth Rogen comedy, I think I took my critical hat off and I went in as an audience and wanted to be entertained. And perhaps I missed some of the more subtle and nuanced commentary that this film had to offer. Um, I mean, the film is directed by Brandon Trost. Um, It is his directorial debut Um, I believe he has worked as a cinematographer on the disaster artist uh, and can you ever forgive me two really really good films yeah and uh, the screenplay comes from Simon Rich Um, and perhaps I've missed something Um, I certainly know the answer to the question of whether it's worth it or not but Craig you've you've done a really great job at um, at selling this to me and maybe there was more I wouldn't meat descri- to the bone. I wouldn't describe it as meat on the bone. Maybe there was more flowers on the bush. Um, <laughs> okay. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Maybe yeah. I, yeah I uh, there's more to it than 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 I saw. I I just like a weed. You know, some weeds are very beautiful. Some weeds are prolific. Yeah. But I don't know where I'm going with this. But do you know? What? Maybe I'll yeah. Miss some weeds have a f- a nice couple of flowers yeah. on them. So you know, there is something nice to a. Sh- I was going to swear there, but some you know horrible. Things that are in your garden. Yeah, the films, the hor- you know, the weeds are the horrible part of your lovely Not, garden. And well, I mean, maybe it's a wild. I don't flower. know. This is a really poor analogy. But maybe it's a wildflower. Maybe I don't it know. is. I mean, wildflowers are great. So stop it. Um, Not all wildflowers. We have an email. Oh, we love an email. Mm, yes, uh, David, would you like to read it out at all? Uh, yes, I would. If you get it up on the screen, if I knew how. Uh, okay. Um, 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 maybe you should read it. Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should. There you go. There it is. It's on the screen. 
Here we go. So um, this email comes from Loreline. Hello, Loreline. It's always great to hear from you. And she says, well, first, a big welcome back, guys. Thank you very much. And American Pickle, my thoughts on this is that Seth Rogen is much better than the script. Yep. The story of Herschel falling into a pickling vat and being discovered 100 years later and going to live with his great, greater great-grandchild Falling out with him and setting up a pickling empire was very much run of the mill. Even at 90 minutes, it seemed to run out of ideas quite early on. I agree with that. The film didn't come to an end and it rather just ran out of plot. An okay film, but something that I struggle to recall with even after a month. However, one question. Why did they walk across all of that wilderness to get to the Canadian border when they have to cross a road to get to the river? How did they plan to cross that very rough-looking river? <laughs> it's a really good question. That is a, a, a brilliant email. Um, a couple of points there. Seth Rogen is much better than the script, but I don't think Seth Rogen is as good as you say he is. I, um, I think he is. I just think the script is pretty poor. The, yeah. the, 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 the humour is pretty poor in the film because of the script, and I think... There were flashes of brilliance, but I think his acting's great in it, and I think to act alongside yourself and that try, is, you know, is it's, it's an achievement there. Um, I think uh, you know, Lawline's asking question here: Is it his great grandchild or his great great grandchild? I mean, it was supposed to be great grandchild, I believed, mm. but that didn't seem plausible in some respects. I don't know why it just didn't feel right. Um, you know, and she's right; it did run out of ideas in some respects. Um, I've I've outlined my my reasons why I think it had a bit more to it, but. Um, she, you know, Lauren, you're right. You're completely right. Um, it, it, you're right. It didn't quite come to an end. It just sort of did kind of run out of plot. And you know what? Yeah. Um, it is difficult to recall even after a month, I suppose. Um, but you know, and your your final question is, it was ridiculous. There are loose ends there. Lots of loose ends. Yeah. And and, and my main problem is, you you're trying to be serious and get across a serious message, but the very me or the film? No, the film. Okay. And the very basis of the film is a man has been pickled. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's trying to suspend your belief. It kind of fails to do so. Yet there was some kind of, there were some redeeming features in the film, as I outlined. But it's not great that I think it's time to ask questions. Yeah, I think. And uh, just want to say apologies if I didn't re read that email very well. It was sort of sprung upon me. So apologies <laughs> if I didn't do that email justice. But thank you so much for the email. We really, really appreciate it. Craig, um, the questions. I'm going to ask you. I mean, I know the answer, but I'll ask you first. An American Pickle, is it worth it? No, I don't think this is worth going to see in the cinema. It I is. believe this is a film that um, I think you could easily watch at home. Um, I think it is uh, it is a good film to some respects, but not one to worth paying to see in the cinema. When it comes to Netflix, Amazon Prime, whichever streaming service it goes to, totally worth a watch then for you to make up your mind, as I did when I saw it in the cinema. Being a Cineworld Unlimited card holder, I got to see it. I suppose for free in some manners, or maybe very cheap Bit pennies, really. Yeah. yeah, of course. David, is it worth it? Uh, uh, um, an American pickle? <laughs> is it? Is it? No, it's not. Um, I I will say I agree with Craig. When this comes out on streaming services, give it a watch. Um, give it a whirl. Because when it comes on streaming services, you've got nothing to lose. 
Um, and it's so ridiculous, you may enjoy it, but is it worth a cinema admission ticket? I would suggest not. Great. So that was our final review of uh, An American Pickle, or our final review on week 45. Uh, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you very much for listening to week 45 of Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode and you've enjoyed listening to all of our other shows and ever episodes that we have been putting out during the course of this pandemic um, and you'd like to support us, why not uh, go to Patreon and support us on there? You know, it's easy, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. But David, if people want to get in contact with us, uh, give us their thoughts on the films that they've seen in the cinema or online as well, you know, the streaming services. We do have cinema at home. How can they get in contact with us? I mean, you can get in contact with us in a variety of ways. There's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, and there's an email. You can email us at mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. That email address, mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. <laughs> I'm so proud that you remembered that. Well yeah, done. I know. I've, you've ingrained it into my skull. I know. I truly, truly have. Uh, we'll be back again soon after this episode goes out um, with Cinema at Home. There's two more episodes of that to come out. Yeah. We've also got um, Topical Talk, um, which was due to come out in August, but is probably going to be coming out in September. So do keep an eye out for our latest episode of Topical Talk as well. Uh, and we'd also like to uh, have a bit of another shout out to Jeffro Wayman, who has written a wonderful uh, anthology uh, of stories. And as you heard previously in the episode, it's free to download yeah. on, on, on your ebook reader or on your iPhone or any of these uh, digital devices where you can read something. Uh, the link to which is in the description, it is available on Amazon uh, for you to do that. It's completely free for this weekend only. Friday right yeah. the way through to Monday because it's a bank holiday uh, and Jeffro is giving that away for free. Uh, please download it. He is a great, great read. And all that's left to say is thank you very much for listening and goodbye. And I really fancy a pickle now, or a gherkin. (laughs) I really do. You know, like you get in the Big Mac. Delicious. Delightful. Yeah, yeah, cheers for listening. Thank you. (laughs) Great, great stuff. Did you stop recording it? Oh, it's still recording. Oh, bless.